Hello, everybody. It's your host, Rob Morris. You're listening to the Rims and Nets podcast. Um, uh, we got a, a packed show this week. Uh, this will be episode 15. Um, I got a I got a host today. Um, I know him from uh, Stone High. Like I used to go to school with him. Uh, his name is uh, Cliff Julian. So we're gonna uh, get into a lot of a lot of topics today. Particularly, we're gonna go back to what we went through uh, last week. We'll probably lead, raise through like free agency and um, maybe a little bit of summer league, but mostly free agency. See how the fits go. Um, you know, in the East and the West, how to, how all the signings um, fit and how how things will predict for the upcoming season. So we'll get into it. Um, I'm going to ask him a few questions about what um, basically how we're going to um, – how everything's going to fit in the East and then how everything's going to fit in the West. So, all right, so let's get into it. Um, as far as, like, the – like. Hierarchy of the East. What would you think of um, compared? What would, what would you say would your top four teams and like and like how is it going to impact the East and everything? Well, I think as far as the East is concerned, um, it's it's surprising because you look at all the movement that happened in the NBA, and a lot of times you kind of sleep on you know the noise that the East made, but I think that. The one team in particular that I was really impressed with as far as how they were able to manage some things given this season. Um, first, you know, first team right off the block that I'll definitely say is probably the 76ers. Look at that squad. You see that, you know, in hindsight, they were one shot away from missing out on the NBA finals. So what did they do? They went ahead and, you know, acquired a quality big man. Although we can, you know, debate on the contract and the amount, you know, I'm definitely not going to, sit here and say, you know, $100 million for a 33-year-old Al Horford is ideal. But, you know, you talk about a guy that's a previous first-team all-defense a couple of years ago. He can stretch the floor. You know what I mean? He can shoot the three ball. And in hindsight, he gives Joel Embiid the perfect backup situation. I mean, his whole time in his career so far, you know, Embiid's never had that quality guy that if he was to miss time, he'd be able to rely on. So I think when you look at that, you know what I mean, as far as the Josh Josh Richardson, you know, bringing him back in, being able to still keep on a quality wing shooter in Tobias Harris. Personally, though, you know, he may not be as a playmaker the same way as Jimmy is, Jimmy Butler, that is, um, still a quality guy. So I'm definitely going to put him first. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep the Bucks up there. I'll put him as two right now. Um, I think that, you know, the new season, as far as, you know, the magic that they had this year, um, you know, with Coach Budenholzer, with those guys playing ball, I think they've been phenomenal. But, you know, they are going to be missing some pieces. And, you know, one of the things that are difficult as far as being such a successful team is is kind of like this concept of, like, the brain drain where some of the low-key guys that you had on the bench, they're gone now. When you look at the Malcolm Brogdon's of the world, um, you know, guys starting to get re-signed. So how does a guy like Chris Middleton act and all the pressure and all the money that he's getting? But I still think that they got a good thing going, so I'll keep them number two. Um, as far as three is concerned, I do have some faith in the Celtics that they'll get it right. Yep. I think that Kemba was a great fit for the. I think that Kemba was a great signing and a fit. Um, he just brings that kind of heart that you just don't see in a lot of quality superstars. Um, 
this year in particular, we're looking at year four of Jalen Brown. Okay, year three of Jason Tatum. Is this the year that they finally make that All Star step? Yep. I think that a guy like Gordon, uh, a guy like Gordon Hayward, comes back in the groove. You know, and I'm really looking at a you know one of their big men, Williams, I mean, a big guy. Can he make some noise as a starter? Maybe take some minutes. You know, a guy like Kenner, quality guy. Um, so I'm gonna keep that there for them. And then I think as my fourth, I'll probably roll in with the uh, with the Raptors. All right, I mean, as far as my top four, I mean, one and two for me is just like flip with with, um, with Cliff. Basically, I'm going to be uh, – I'm going with the, the – as far as number one, I'm going with the Bucks because obviously bringing back the MVP, Giannis, and obviously they, they brought back Middleton. They did lose Brogdon, but they still have Brooke Lopez as well. So it's going to be pretty much the sim- a similar team they had last year, and they almost, what, what did they get, 60 wins? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, actually, yeah. It was about the about 61 wins, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, why not put them at number one? I mean, basically the same team. The East, obviously, it hasn't gotten better. It's pretty much similar, if not more weaker than it was last year. The West is obviously, like, really strong, don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think as far as, like, how the duos are, you know, Star power right now in the West. I think it's it's a doggy dog world right now. We love it as the fans, but you know it's, it's competition on all levels. Right, right, right. So yeah, so I got the Bucks number one. Uh, the Sixers number two. Um, Al Horford, obviously, that's gonna make them like one of the biggest teams in, out there. Their front court is gonna be a beast. So I mean, the only thing, that, the only question mark is their shooting. Like they did lose JJ Redick. JJ Redick went to the Pelicans. So, I mean, they still got Josh Richardson. They they still got Tobias Harris. So, I mean, it, it's it's a sound team, but obviously there's going to be some question marks. But I still got my number two. And like I said, same thing with Cliff. I got the Celtics at number three. Um, Kimball Walker is a great signing, a great fit. He's the opposite of what Kyrie Irving is personality-wise. So that's going to that's gonna bode well for them. And then, obviously, getting Ennis Cantor, they needed a big, so they had to get somebody. I mean, it, obviously, the, you know, he gets criticized for his defense, but he still gives you um, probably the best rebounder the Celtics have had in, in years. So, like, you got you to at least try to, like, get at least as much talent as you can, you know. Like, it's, it was not much there for Denny's to get. So, he was able to even sneak out Ennis Cantor, so that's good. So, and then number four, I got Pacers because – they don't have Oladipo, but they still have a, a, like a strong team outside of that. TJ Warren, they got in the trade. They got um, they did lose Dad Young, but they still had those bigs and Sabonis and, and Miles Turner. So that's gonna bode well for them. And you know they, like did I mention they got Brogdon? Yeah, they got Brogdon. So they're gonna be strong this year. Those are my top four. And like I said, we're gonna switch gears. Probably get into like probably what was like. Cliff, what was your like your underrated signing in the East? Sticking on to the same theme that you kind of ended that last point with with the Indiana Pacers, I'm gonna go ahead and say the signing of Jeremy Lamb. Talking yeah, about a guy yep. six five, twenty six yep. years old, can shoot the three ball, has improved. You're looking at a career rating, what around 35 percent from three. I think he played fantastic alongside Kemba. Granted, the Hornets weren't the you know wasn't the greatest. 
squash some of that fate with him. He had some clutch games. Mm-hmm. He had a couple game winners. I think he had one crazy like half court game winner yeah. against the Raptors some uh, some point in the season. You know, double digit score. He's going to give you 15, 16 minutes. And he's a guy that has the same kind of, you know, bring your lunch pail to work. He's going to go ahead and get it done. And at the price that he was at, looking at some of these deals, three years, you know, $31 million, that's a steal. No doubt, no doubt. <laughs> All right, so, so yeah, we, like I said, um, we're going to move on to the Western Conference, like probably your top four for that. Um, I'm going to just start with Cliff, see what he thinks of the top four in the West. Now, this is assuming that everything, you know, this is assuming that everyone stays healthy, can play at least 60 games. I'm going to go ahead and start it off with the Lakers. I think that they've got, you know, obviously, you know, star power, AD, LeBron James. You know, LeBron at this stage of his career, at this point, you know, what position can he play? You know, but it's important to make sure that he's healthy, you know, 35, 36. I think he's probably going to be 37 by the, by, the, by the point of the season. One of those two. Um, so that's important. Um, the next team I'm going to go ahead and go with, I'm going to go with the L.A. Clippers. I think that defensively on paper, they might be the best team um, in the NBA right now. You've mm-hmm. got the best, the two best two-way players, in my opinion, in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You've got a lockdown, gritty defender in Pat Beverly who gave the Warriors fits this year. Okay, you've got an energizer bunny off the bench in Lou Williams, and you've got one of my favorite bench players in uh, Montrezl Harrell. So I think that's very important. As far as number three is concerned, we're going to keep it rolling with the young guys, okay, the Denver Nuggets. I think that they had a great thing going. To be honest with you, I feel as though as far as that, you know, Denver Blazers series, Portland Denver series, that is, um, they were just young. And that's another year under their belt. They've still got some good guys. So I think that that's going to be a good fit for them. Keep it rolling. Um, and lastly, I'm going to go with the Blazers. I think they've got, obviously, you know, a great guard combo in Dame, in CJ. I look at the white side signing. Is it a new environment that's going to be a better fit for him? He was still a 14-10 and 10 guy. You know, can they explore that a little bit? Does Nurkic come back? Is he healthy? You know what I mean? So they've got some good. They've got some good pieces. All right, that's that's what's up. All right, um, all right. For my top four, um, I have number one. I got um the Clippers instead of. Would you have Lakers? Yeah. So I mean, I got the Clippers instead because I mean, obviously, I mean, like Cliff said, their defense is gonna be like the top in the, without without doubt, it's gonna be top in the NBA because you got the you got Beverly, you got Parkland, you got. Um, just like elite defenders all over, so they're gonna be good. I mean, and then offensively, there will be no slouch either. So, I got Clippers number one. Um, number two, I got Lakers. Um, they had underrated signings like Cousins. Um, Avery Bradley was one of them, right? Exactly. Yep, my favorite. So yeah, like we got a lot. Um, we got a lot of. Um, excuse me, we got a lot of good signings with the Lakers, and. What was I gonna say? Like, um, Danny Green was like one of my favorites as well. Um, sharpshooter, like he was big for the Raptors all, pretty much in the whole playoff run. So I got the Lakers number two. 
Um, late, uh, excuse me, number three at the Nuggets, mainly because, um, they, like I said, they're bringing back their whole team, the, the camaraderie. I mean, excuse me, the continuity of bringing back the entire team. Um, Jamal Murray, I think he's going to take a huge step this year. He's up and coming player. Um, obviously, Jokic is the MVP candidate for this year. So they got they got great personnel all over. So you got to got to get them up there. Number four, I got the Blazers. Obviously, the best backcourt in the game. Damian Lillard, C.J. McCullough. Um, Nurk should be back from injury probably later in the year. So I mean, like I said, that's that's going to be a deep team. They always you know kind of bring out a deep team every year. So I I got number four. I got the Blazers. And all right, so we're going to transition to the next um, next topic. Well, I mean, we're almost we're almost finished with this segment. Um, we're going to try to get into maybe a few more minutes more. But like like I said, what is your um, Cliff, what is your underrated player for the West? I think bringing it back a little bit to that Avery Bradley signing, I know that this guy has been hurt a lot in the past few years. But when healthy, you're looking at, in my opinion, a top five on-ball defender. He can guard one through three. You know, when he was on the Celtics, you saw flashes, okay? This guy was guarding LeBron James. This guy was guarding Kobe Bryant. This guy was doing it all. And I think that his improvement as a shooter, a three-point shooter at that, you know, if he could stay healthy, he could find those those spots for him. You know, LeBron James, in my opinion, has probably top three best IQ all time in the NBA. And that's historically and all that. So you got a guy like him that are looking for the snipers, you can hit him down. And for a short-term deal the way that he was on, you know, that he's on right now, I think that that's, that's a quality sign. All right, so let me see. Uh, so like I said, I forgot to put down my underrated signings for the East. I got um Derrick Rose, and then for the West, um, I have JJ Reddick from the Pelicans because you know obviously Zion Williamson. You're gonna add him with JJ Reddick. Yeah, they had a um a underrated offseason. You know, they had a nice draft. They got Jackson Hayes. Like if you've seen him in the summer league, he was a beast. So, uh, DJ Reddick would definitely be a good fit for them. Absolutely. I think that he provides the necessary shooting. I mean, listen, the Pelicans did it right. For a team that got a superstar that they know that, you know, he wasn't staying. Granted, we can agree to disagree on how we felt AD and Rich Paul and all those guys went about it. They cashed in. They made sure that their future looks really bright. They've got about thirty million in cap space going forward. You know they're in a good position to make some money. All right, all right, quickly, quickly. All right, so what would you say as far as like? I mean, have you been watching the summer league? I have. I've been I've been catching a couple of games here and there. I haven't been super into it, but I've been catching. Them. All right, so um, what would you say was like probably a standout? Like, what was you say like that was a surprise? Like, what player? You know, that really caught your eye. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to go down to South Beach, Miami. And when I was looking at this guy, Tyler Hero, play ball, this dude was a hooper. Listen, I was not a believer like that, okay? I didn't think that he would be able to translate as well as he did in the NBA. But I think as far as everything else is concerned, this guy was this guy was playing great ball. This guy was doing it all. I think he averaged like 19 or so points in the summer league. 
he was no days off. No doubt, no doubt. All right. Um, as far as like my standout goes, I would say, um, like I said, I mentioned Jackson Hayes, but I also like Taco Fall. <laughs> I I hope he makes a team. I hope he makes a team. All right, so we're gonna get it. We're gonna um, we'll be right back uh, with the second segment. Um, you listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. Your host Rob Mars. All right, we'll be right back. 